Calling all detectives. Where there's a will, there's a way. But I once had a case of a will that pointed the wrong way. That is the situation on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. A private detective like me, Jerry Browning, generally knows when somebody is talking through his hat. I saw this hat before I saw its owner. It was an antique derby thrust by a shaking hand through my opened office door. I'm Simpson, Mr. Browning, butler to the late Mrs. Thaddeus Morgan. Do you know her name? I'll say I did. Mrs. Thaddeus Morgan was one of those leftovers from the Victorian era. An elderly lady whose fortune had been founded on buying up farmland where skyscrapers were later to be built. Very simple, if you were born long ago enough and with good judgment. I gave Simpson the best chair to sit on, the one that didn't creak. What's your trouble, Mr. Simpson? I worked for Mrs. Morgan 32 years, Mr. Browning. The morning of the day she died, she asked me to witness a document. I assumed it was on your will, though naturally I did not read it. She then asked me to locate her two sons, Mr. Ted and young Richard. Neither of them is married. They both live at home, but were out at the time. Before they could return, it was too late. Mrs. Morgan had passed on. Okay. And what seems to be the trouble? Mr. Browning, I saw Mrs. Morgan put that will under her pillow, and it has not been seen since. Out of loyalty to her memory, I will pay you $500 to recover the will from whomever now has it. When the wealthy Mrs. Thaddeus Morgan died, her butler hired me to recover a missing will. Driving back to the Morgan home with Simpson, I asked a few questions. In whose favor was the new will drawn? I'm sorry, sir, I didn't read it. What about the old will? In whose favor was that one? Except for some charities and gifts to our servants, everything was evenly divided between our two sons, Ted and Richard. However, Mr. Ted has been, well, in some escapades. Mrs. Morgan quite recently threatened to cut him out of her will. We met Richard Morgan as we entered the house. He was waving a folded piece of paper. Look, Simpson, Mother's new will. I found it in the trash barrel. It must have fallen from a pillow into the wastebasket. I introduced myself, took the will, and glanced over it. It was handwritten in an angular spidery scrawl and bore the names of Simpson and Mrs. Morgan's nurse as witnesses. I turned to Richard. Have you read the terms of this will? Richard made a wry face. Yes, I read it. I'm left $10,000. The balance goes to my brother, Ted. But Simpson told me... I mean, I understand your mother didn't approve of Ted. Threatened to disinherit him. Richard shrugged. I guess that was just a way of keeping him in line. Simpson gulped, looked at me unhappily. I gave him the will. Mr. Simpson, since the will has been recovered, you obviously don't need my services, and you don't owe me anything. Bye, Mr. Morgan. That should have been the end. Actually, it was only the beginning. An hour later, Simpson called me back. He was practically incoherent with excitement. Mr. Browning, that will, it's a forgery. My signature was forged, so is Mrs. Morgan's and the nurse's. I want you to find out who did it. Please come here at once. This time, both brothers were at the Morgan house. Ted, the one who stood to gain by the new will, came up to me. 
Look, Mr. Browning, I don't know what this is all about. I didn't expect to get anything from my mother's will, but if she did leave the money to me, then I intend to defend my right to it. You'll get that chance, Ted. In court. George Barry was the lawyer Richard Morgan hired to prove the will a forgery. And in court... Mr. Simpson, I ask you to look at this document bearing your signature. Is this, in fact, your signature? It is not. That is a forgery. I saw Ted Morgan sitting up front and listening. His face stony as a whole parade of expert witnesses denounced the will as a clumsy forgery. Then the family physician was called to the stand. Doctor, do you believe there was anything strange or suspicious about Mrs. Morgan's death? It was the question everybody had been waiting for. The doctor glared at the lawyer. There certainly was not. Mrs. Morgan's death was the result of a heart condition for which she had been treated over a long period of years. That was the high point of the case, and it turned out to be an anticlimax. Thereafter, the trial droned on to its inevitable conclusion. The new will was declared invalid, and the old will, the one that divided the estate equally between both brothers, was reinstated. But as the judge handed down his decision... The court takes cognizance of the fact that a forged will cannot exist without a forger, and recommends to the district attorney that appropriate action be taken. This court is adjourned. I was right behind Ted Morgan as he walked alone and defeated out of the courtroom. And in the corridor... Mr. Morgan, I have here a warrant for your arrest and a charge of forgery. Yeah? My job was finished. I'd earned my money. But I wasn't happy. Ted Morgan had never impressed me as a fool. Yet only a fool could have hoped to get away with such a forgery. One that involved a completely handwritten document and the signatures of two other people. The more I thought about it, the less sense it made. And later that afternoon, at the bank where Mrs. Morgan had kept her checking account... Mr. Browning, during the last year of Mrs. Morgan's illness, four checks with her signature forged came to the bank. I personally showed Mrs. Morgan the checks, and she instructed me to honor them, and to take no action whatever. Naturally, I respected her wishes. I see. Thank you very much. I found Richard Morgan in his room at home. What I was looking for was on the walls. A group of watercolor paintings signed with his name. Richard, you forged that will in your brother's favor. You're an artist and you could do a fair job of forgery, especially a forgery that you wanted found out. You also forged your mother's signature to checks. She found out and made a new will in Ted's favor. You destroyed that one and made an identical copy of it, knowing that it would be invalidated and your brother arrested. He tried blustering and when that failed, took a shot at me. He was guilty of the forgeries, of course. The same handwriting experts who denounced the fake will also proved that only Richard could have written it. He was convicted on a long series of counts. Forgery, perjury, and wound up with ten years in which to think things over. Like I said, you can get away with a lot of phony talk. But when you put it on paper, you'd better be careful about whose name you sign.